stop Googling and start listening for the love of wellness. With over 50 years in women's wellness, hosts Sam Leeson and Laurel Crossley, along with a weekly special guest, will explore gaps and issues within the women's wellness industry. If you're passionate about topics affecting women's health, such as sleep, grief, body image, and much more, then please stay tuned. If you haven't spent five sacred minutes alone by yourself behind a closed bathroom door while your children play on the other side of it, can you really call yourself a parent? This week, we're speaking with Libby Ward, and she's the face behind the Diary of an Honest Mom. And we spend a good amount of time talking about expectations we put on ourselves as parents and what we need from the social media world that we're not always getting. This week's episode is sponsored by babyready.info. Welcome, everyone. I'm extremely excited to introduce you to Libby today, and she is an honest mom. I promise you that. Welcome, Libby. Can you tell us more about who you are and what you do? Sure. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me today. I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, So my name is Libby Ward, and I am the face and brains, I suppose, behind the channel Diary of an Honest Mom. And what I do on social media and speaking out in the world and writing is advocate for mothers, mainly their wellness, their mental health. And I do that through humor and hard conversations. So in my content, you'll see a real mixture of relatable funny moments, but also some deep heartfelt moments. And my purpose in everything I do is to validate the struggles that mothers are going through and bring awareness to their wellness needs and help them to be empowered to prioritize themselves. Awesome. So what do you, what do you think was the like catalyst, like for you kind of starting your, your business, your online presence, like to share that, what, what sort of, was there something that happened? Was it just kind of a lack of support within the, like, internet realm? Like, what was it? You know, I really didn't start out with any intention of building a platform or becoming a business at all. I've worked in education for most of my career with children with special needs. And when the pandemic hit, I found myself at home with two young children and alone and struggling and needing support, but also feeling a need to connect with other women and to be creative. So I heard of this new app called TikTok. And I thought, well, I'll just download it and see what all the rage is about. And so I fell in love with the app immediately because for the first time in my life, I was seeing mothers, people share about their authentic, real struggles and real life. And for the first time, I didn't feel shame when I went on social media. I felt connection and I felt empowered to share my story. And honestly, I started off making mostly funny, relatable content to joke about the hard things And I soon realized that while we were joking about it, there was a deep, deep wound in the motherhood narrative in general. And I got connected with so many women across North America, across the globe who were burnt out, exhausted, felt disempowered, didn't know how to find time for themselves and just felt completely lost in motherhood and struggling. And it made me realize that while we can laugh about our problems, there's actually a a lot that needs to be done and hard conversations that need to be had that can help us change things for ourselves and for other mothers. And so it really just naturally morphed into, I suppose, the brand that I now have, that I now run today, 
which is intentionally and purposefully focused on advocating for mothers. But it it started out as a way to connect and create. That's still what I do, but it has become a career as opposed to something I do on top of everything else I do. <laughs> That's awesome. I just like, I don't have a question. I just like such a nice pivot um, from what you typically see at social media, which is normally like comparison to the perfect picture. It's nice to share the the garbage as well. <laughs> yeah, the hard things, because there's always a reason behind the hard things. I think one of the struggles I actually have with social media is I think it's great that we're now talking about the hard things that mothers are going through, but there's a fine balance between being able to just say it and be connected and validated. And oh my goodness, I'm not the only one. That's super powerful. But then there's also this next step of, okay, but why is it like that? And what can we actually do to make it better for ourselves and for other mothers? And I think that's what differentiates me from other moms on social media who are making content about hard things. What they're doing is super valuable and I love it. And I love that it's becoming more normalized, but I really want to take it that next step and say, yeah, let's point out the hard things, but let's also talk about how we got here in the first place and how you can actually make your life easier, make your life better, make motherhood not be so shrouded in shame and judgment and exhaustion and martyrdom. Um, so that's, it's, it really is a mission of mine to, to change that narrative of motherhood. Do you think that there's something about the anonymity, for lack of a better word, because obviously you're not anonymous, everybody who has found your content, likes your content, then follows you, you're not anonymous, they continue to see you. But there's something about the anonymity of social media, especially when we first start out and talking about how hard things are, that we don't feel when we are sitting face to face at the library with a group of parents who are at story time. So we feel in real life, like we need to put on this persona, because mm. it's harder to hide um, what things are really, or it's harder to be honest rather about what things are really like when we're really struggling, because we don't want to seem vulnerable to those people who know us in real life, if that makes sense. Do you see a, a connection with that or? Oh, absolutely. It's easier to be brave when we're anonymous. And that's not just about keyboard warriors and trolls. It's about people making content. I mean, I can tell you for certain that if I popped my phone up on the window, I could make a video very passionately about something that has happened to me and what I think needs to change and an experience that's gone out in my life. But would I be able to walk into a play date with a group of other moms and do that in the exact same way? No, because it's so much harder to number one, to read the room. You know, you're looking at people's facial expressions, you're looking at people's gestures, you're um, you know, these are people either you're friends with or you want to be friends with. You don't want to hurt their feelings. You're thinking uh, about everything really that's going on. You don't want to be judged. And it's it's really hard to do that in person unless you're in more of a safe place, a safe relationship, a type of relationship where you can share more openly. I think that, you know, sharing about it more on social media gives people the power and the courage to realize, number one, they're not crazy and they're not alone. And that in turn might help us to be more brave 
-hmm. in those one-on-one interactions or those group interactions in person, because rather than being in a group situation and thinking, I don't relate to anything these women are going through. I'm actually really struggling with this. If I say it, goodness me, I could be the only one. I could be ostracized. I might not be welcomed back. Uh, They might think that I'm not a fit mother, et cetera, et cetera. But if you've just seen, you know, a lot of social media content reaffirming that your experience is in fact something that's common, that might help us to be more courageous in our honest conversations in person. But it's def- it's definitely most certainly harder to do in person. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't you don't know anybody's backstory that you're walking into a lot of the time. And but people that are following you online are following you on purpose or found your story because that matches with the algorithm that they're looking for or something. So so I understand that how you feel a bit more safe. Well, and it's also like a time and place as well, right? So sometimes, you know, it's not the time to bring up your trauma or it doesn't feel like the right moment to talk about Mm -hmm. your postpartum depression, or it doesn't feel like the right moment to share how your partner has never changed a diaper and how you feel responsible for everything in the household Um, and we just, we don't always have the language to talk about it. We don't always have the confidence to talk about it. We don't always have the safety of our relationships to do it. And so it can feel very awkward to be able to do that. And yet on social media, it's not just the anonymity. It's the, this is my place to say whatever I want about whatever I want. And I don't, I'm not necessarily considering an entire social ecosystem that I'm in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've had people who I've known in my life who, you know, I was somewhat connected to and they have found me on social media and saw a lot about what I shared and finally said to me, Oh, I went through that same thing, or I struggled with this, or my dad also passed away or, you know, these different things that never would have come up in a conversation with us in person because we're also just busy people who don't always get the opportunity to sit down and open up about hard things. And so things don't really always come up and we don't always know the opportunity to do it. And so it's been really interesting to see how many different people in my real life have come forward and been like, oh my goodness, like, thanks for talking about this. Meanwhile, we see each other in person and it never would have come up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny because also too, we look at that finite amount of time, right? We crave human connection. We crave seeing other people who are at a similar point in their life as we are when we have young children or when we're starting a new job or we're going to university or whatever it is. We want other people who are at a similar place in their life to us to connect with. And if we only have 30 minutes on Tuesdays at library and 30 minutes on Saturday morning at swim class, then the last thing I want to do is bung that up with Debbie Downer. We just want to talk about the light fluffy stuff because look at, there's another human who wants to talk to me too. (laughs) Well, and I mean, when I talk to my audience, I would say one of the things women at mothers, especially of young children struggle with the most is friendship, is community, is support, is connection. Uh, you know, as adults, it's hard enough to make friends. You know, when you're a kid, you spend countless hours, you know, with your friends. When you're at university, you're naturally with people all the time. You can build those friendships. Even when you're at work, if you work with the same people, you know, the amount of hours it takes to build a true connection matter. And when you're at work, you do those easier. When you're a mom of young children, 
you're lucky if you get maybe a couple hours a week to do that. And that's, those aren't even real hours because your kids are constantly interrupting you. There's fights, there's diapers, there's cooking, like you're not actually really connecting. And so we have such little time to do it. Um, It's not the same quality of time. And then there's also this added layer of fear and vulnerability and judgment and shame that is unique to motherhood. Not that those things don't happen outside of motherhood, but when we become mothers, we have all these ideas of what a good mother is and what should be expected of us. And we're constantly scanning the room, scanning the horizon of other mothers and saying, you know, am I living up to the standard that I should? And it limits us from being able to even open up when we do get that time, Mm -hmm. you know, Am I, if I meet this mom at the park, am I going to invite her over to my house? Well, I don't know, because what if my house isn't as clean as her house? What if I don't feed my kids the same way she feeds her kids? What if I don't discipline or communicate with my kids the same way she does? What if she judges me? I'm not going to be the first one to invite her because that's vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And so then we wait for her to invite us, but then she's thinking the exact same thing. And so then it's hard to actually open up. And then when we say we do finally make that step, And then you are together. The last thing you want to do is risk losing this potential friend by bringing up something that is a hard conversation. And so it takes a long, long time for anyone to build that connection, but particularly for mothers. And, and so sometimes by the time that actually happens, you know, our, our kids are getting older, our, you know, we end up going through a lot of things isolated and alone because our fear of judgment or shame and vulnerability stops us from really connecting with one another. Meanwhile, we're in a room feeling completely alone. Yeah. So how do you, so then, you know, you were talking a bit about how we, how we sort of rectify that and how we make that better, right. As part of your mission. So what are Mm -hmm. some like strategies or some things we can do to sort of try and try and like, make that a little bit easier or, or, or handle a few more of the hard bits about, about parenting. Mm-hmm. Whenever I talk about strategies, I always like to talk about our mindsets and our hearts first. Uh, reading Brene Brown's books, all of them have changed my life, but there's one called Braving the Wilderness where she talks about true belonging and how we all just want to belong and what belonging actually is and being vulnerable and, and confident in who we are and not having to be like other people. And I realized in my life that the thing that was holding me back from truly connecting with other people and making deep friendships is a sheer lack of confidence, of self-worth, of belonging, of enoughness. And so it wasn't until I did more deeper work to realize that I was worthy of friendship and that I was enough the way I am and I didn't have to be like other people, that I was brave enough to be more vulnerable in friendships. So I can sit here and say, Well, one strategy is, you know, look for mom groups or look for different organizations where you can go to connect with other mothers, you know, go to the meetings at the school where you can meet with other mothers, go to the park, introduce yourself. I can, you know, we can list all these different strategies for places we can find other humans to connect with. And, you know, I could give you a deck of cards on how to start a conversation with another mom. But I think at the heart of it, a lot of us as women struggle with our self-worth and our enoughness. And I think that Mm -hmm. truly getting to a place where we believe that we're enough and that we don't need to compare our lives to other people's and that our values are just as valid as somebody else's values helps us to confidently go into relationships. Um, You know, I had one of my closest friends when my kids were little, um, she 
really valued having a really clean house. And she was very organized and she always fed her kids organic food. And, and I just looked to her and I had her on this pedestal of how she lived her life. And I thought that I had to be a mom just like that in order for us to be friends. Um, that's not something she put on me. That's something I put on myself that limited us because I always had her on this pedestal. And it wasn't until I truly became grounded in who I was that I could be like, oh, you know, you brought three different types of berries to this play date for your children to eat cut into these beautiful shapes. And I brought a, a bag of goldfish that's been in the bottom of my purse for like a week and a half. And I don't feel shame about that. I can just do it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when we talk about strategies, I, I always like to bring up the fact that like, if you're struggling with your self-worth and your confidence, it's going to be really hard to be vulnerable. It's going to be really hard to put yourself out there. You know, if you really do have that confidence or that that worth and you're just like, I just can't meet people. I just can't connect with people. Then I would say relentlessly pursue people. Relentlessly be vulnerable. Relentlessly try. You're going to find people that aren't your people. And that's not a reflection on you. That's a reflection that you need to just move on to the next person because maybe that's your person. And, you know, if your values don't line up, or your, you know, things in your life don't line up, then that's okay. I think we're just so afraid of failure and we're so afraid of being turned down and we're so afraid of being judged. It stops us. You know, we're at the park with 10 other moms, but we're not talking to them because we're afraid of what they're going to think of us. Mm -hmm. You know, we're at the school picking up our kids, but we're not saying anything to those moms because we're so afraid. And so, or, you know, we do meet a mom and we exchange numbers, but our fear of rejection stops us from, from reaching out or sharing something. And so, the strategies that I share are put yourself out there, go places, open up, even if it's online, if you find a community and and you want to connect with someone, be the first one to invite someone over to your house, into a book club, into a conversation, be the first one to share something vulnerable, be the first one to share something hard. Because I think there's a lot of women who are feeling very alone and isolated. And we often underestimate other people's lack of confidence or we're not even thinking about them. We're just thinking about our own selves. And so I just would always encourage people if they're feeling alone, if they're struggling, they're feeling isolated, just put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. Put yourself out there. If you get shut down, they're not your people. They're not your people. Move on to the next one. And I say that as someone who has taken personally everything that's happened in my life. And I finally had to be like, you know what, if they, if they're, if I'm not connecting with them, that's not a reflection of me. That's just a reflection of we don't line up and that's okay. Which we would say about a partner. If we were looking to date somebody, when we're trying to find a life partner, we, you know, some of them, some people we connect with, some people we don't. And if we don't, that's okay. We move on. We go to the next and we, we keep searching for our group that, that feeds our soul, whether it's a partner, whether it's, whether it's other parents, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I wonder too about the, how, how people who became parents during the, the last three years, mm-hmm. you know, they, they just transitioned from not having children to having children in a time where everything was isolated. Mm. And I, and I wonder how much harder it might be for those parents to formulate the friendships and the connections that they need to make to to feel the support from from their peers. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not in that space, but I wonder if that's that much more pronounced. Well, it's it's isolated, but it's also divisive. I mean, 
for me, the last three years in my personal life, when I think of friendships and family and people I know have been the most religiously and politically and everything most divisive, Mm -hmm. right? We have seen each other's values and core beliefs and uh, all of that more clearly than we ever have before. I mean, I, I think about when I entered adulthood, it was like, you don't talk about politics. You don't talk about religion. You don't talk about this stuff. You keep it all surfacey. And it's like the pandemic just made all of it come to the surface, right? And we saw each other really at our cores, but from a distance, mm-hmm. right? We saw each other's insides almost like what is truly valuable to us, but not in a way that fosters connection and not in a way that allows us to see each other's humanity and not in a way that uh, is conducive to like empathy and compassion, just in a very stark, like you are this, you are in this box now and we are different people. And so how can I open up to you now? Because I can't believe that you think this about this thing. And so it's not only been isolated, but it's been divisive as well. And so people are now, I think, you know, we've had this collective trauma. And I think in ways we're now still figuring out, like, what do we share now? Because that was traumatic Mm -hmm. relationships that have been broken, families that have been divided. And it's like a lot of people are, I think, maybe holding their cards close. They're either holding their cards closer or they're just completely shutting other people out. Or they're ignoring all their differences and just trying to have a true connection. That is So it's like we're in this weird social time anyway, whether you're a parent or not. Mm-hmm. And then you have the parenting thing into it. And it it's just, it's really difficult. I mean, even extracurriculars are difficult. My kids are six and eight. And so they were in some extracurriculars before the pandemic, but not a lot. And then the pandemic happened and we kind of just like checked out of everything And it's just kind of been like hard to get back into the routine of like, what do we want to do? How much of it do we want to do? Like, and then do we talk to the other parents there or what do you, everyone kind of just like, doesn't really know what to do now, I think. (laughs) And it it makes it really, really tricky. And, you know, social media has changed as well. and, And that's difficult for parents. We're in a more information saturated world than we've ever lived in before. You know, when I became a parent eight years ago, like we had Facebook and we had Pinterest. And so the whole thing was like, are you a Pinterest mom? And it was all about the competition of like, who does more crafts and who has a more aesthetic looking house or, you know, who's feeding their kids organic food. But now it's this whole thing of like, you can find any group or community of people socially online that are adamant about one way of life, whether it's the homesteading, anti-government, anti whatever it is, way of life or like natural or crunchy, or whether, you know, it's the gentle parenting movement, or whether it's the cycle breaker, there's all these different like movements and information about all these different topics. And all the information isn't equally sourced or equally distributed. And so it's like we have all this information about how to feed our kids, attachment styles, parenting styles, all these different things coming from everywhere. And for parents, they're just digesting it all, being like, uh, like, what do I do with this? So we have people trying to gentle parent and trying to validate their children's emotions who are coming at it from a place of they haven't even gone to therapy themselves. They're not even working on being gentle with their own hearts and with, you know, being kind to themselves. And so there's, it's so hard to be a parent right now because yeah, there's a ton of information that a lot of us never had when we entered parenthood, but how do you navigate it? Yeah. 
That's true. I don't. I don't even. I could go on and on about the divisiveness of of the last couple of years. <laughs> Sam's nodding because she knows exactly what I'm talking about. But I. But like that was like. I wish everybody could see me nodding along as you were talking. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It was like, yeah, it is really hard to navigate what's acceptable and what's not. And, Mm -hmm. you know, who you connect with, what you share. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I hate to cut this conversation off because I feel like we're probably just getting started at what we could really (laughs) get into. (laughs) However, we're kind of at our time. And Libby, I want everybody to be able to find you and feel some some community with the message that you share. So would you please tell everyone how they can find you? Absolutely. So you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at Diary of an Honest Mom. And my website is also diaryofanhonestmom.com. I've got a journal that you can find on my website or on Amazon. And it's the Honest Mom Journal, The Struggling Mom's Guide to Struggling Less. And it's just a five minute morning and night quick guided journal to help shift our mindsets and prioritize our time so that we can feel less less guilt and give ourselves more grace and more self-compassion and time for self-care and, and all that stuff. So you can find it on uh, on Amazon and on my website. Perfect. Thank you so much for taking the time to visit with us today. We really, really appreciated speaking with you. Thanks for listening to the Boobs, Bods and Brains podcast. If you would like to learn more about us or our past episodes, then check us out on Instagram. Click the link in our bio to visit our website to learn more about sponsorship opportunities. We are always excited to have you offer different show topic ideas. If you have a suggestion, reach out via Instagram or our website. And as always, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Boobs, Bods, and Brains podcast and invite all of the women you know.